Welcome to Stat Stuffers. As always, I am your host, Reese, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dylan. How are you? I'm good, Reese. How are you? I'm going great. We have had such a busy free agency so far. We're two days in now, and I think we've had 60-something signings, roughly, plus, like, a lot of trades. Yeah, it's been a full-on first two days of free agency. I think I think uh, 85% of roster spots are filled with yeah. in the first two days so slim pickings the, uh, the rest of the way for a lot of players so we'll see where some of these guys go but yeah, there's been a lot of interesting deals done in these first two days that's for sure yeah before we actually get into teams and stuff i've just noticed like the kind of guys that are getting contracts has really changed over the last few years because like now we're seeing shooters are getting massive amounts of money and then a couple of guys get in purely off defense just kind of normal role plays aren't getting big contracts or like even decent contracts is what I'm finding. Yeah, I mean, we've had, we've seen a lot of bigs go as well. I think uh, early in free agency, maybe that's just sort of the free agency pool class. that we had. Yeah, the class that we had, but um, feels like a lot of big guys are making or at least going to important teams and filling important roles, um, which we'll get into a bit later, but. Yeah, sort of shooters are definitely getting paid. Um, yeah. Bags have been dropped for shooters. And um, yeah, defenders as well. Yeah, you're right. Sort of your Jeff Greens of the world aren't, I mean, he's been signed now, but <laughs> yeah, he's, been, yeah. he's been signed as he, he always does. But um, they're not getting big deals, it seems like. No. All right. But, so in this episode, we are going to be taking you through our losers, our winners, and some of our mixed bag teams from this year's free agency so far. We won't talk about every team because there's way too many. Like I said, there's been 60 plus signings. We'd be here all day if we were to talk about, you know, what the, I was going to say what the Cavs did, but the Cavs haven't done anything, but yeah, exactly. What, one of those teams. <laughs> we could skip those, the, the Cavs, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're going to take you through starting with a few of our losers and we'll end on a positive note with our winners. So our first loser, Dylan, do you want to, do you want to get us started? Uh, the Timberwolves are our first loser with the Malik Beasley signing of four years, $60 million. Um, and that's the only move they've made so far. So far, yes. Um, yeah, I feel like this is a bit of an overpay for your fourth guard on your team, um, who really still hasn't proven what he's going to end up being in the league. So I feel like, <clears throat> you know, they're obviously betting on his potential that he showed in the like 14 or 15 games that he played with them yeah. before the season shut down. I mean, they didn't even get invited to the bubble. Um, yeah, but behind D'Angelo Russell, Ricky Rubio, and now Anthony Edwards, who they drafted the number one pick, it's sort of hard to see him being worth this $15 million that he just got paid. Yeah, I mean, it's like we were just talking about, shooters got paid, and Malik Beasley was on fire for them. He was shooting. I think he was taking like eight threes a game and making almost four of them in the 15 games he played with them. Like it was just ridiculous what he was doing. He, I think he was scoring like, what was he scoring? It was, it was, it was, it was like, over 20, I think, or around yeah, 20. Yeah. It was over 20. And like so much of that just came from shooting and like attacking the rib a lot. Like, and that's what he is. He's 
a three and D guy, but instead of defense, he ducks. Um, <laughs> fact, that's actually how he was first introduced to me when he was drafted by the Nuggets. I was like, that sounds fun. And he is a very fun player. Off the court, he's also uh, a fun. Bit, how are you going? Um, <laughs> yeah. Currently facing Not what are essentially domestic violence charges, mm-hmm. or, at least, or at least domestic threats. Um, so we'll see if he even plays for them yeah. to start this contract. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a clause in these NBA contracts about avoiding them through criminal activity. I'm sure there's something in the books. I think there is, yeah. but um, I don't think so, he's going to end up in prison. But No, um, but who knows? Maybe the Wolves strike lucky and get off this deal um, before it even starts. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, mean, I don't there know. Is the <clears throat> there is the chance that this really turns out for them, that he does become... He stays as a 20-point-per-game scorer, in which case 15 million sounds very good. If, if you're getting 20 points per game off of really, really efficient shooting, even if he isn't good at all that much else, you know, if you score more than your opponent, you win, and that's going to help. I mean, yeah, if he if he's 20 a game, that's that's $15 million right there, pretty much. So uh, I'm just not as optimistic about this deal working out. I don't see him having a huge role behind the guys ahead of him. And I think we've seen it time and time again, guys balling out in contract years only to regress quite heavily once they get that contract. So so um, the recording pretty much completely broke at this point in time. I have no idea what happened. You're going to hear this again later on in the episode. I don't know what I can do about it. It just broke. I couldn't monitor it. And it just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not happy about it. But um, basically what we talked about here was... Uh, Malik Beasley, you know, kind of balled out because he was showing that he, um, you know, could be more of a lead guy because he had been so deep in the Nuggets rotation for a little while. Um, we also talked a little bit about how he could potentially kind of play really well with Ricky Rubio. And now, uh, when the episode cuts back in, we're going to be talking about the Celtics and why they're also losers of this free agency. I'm sorry, I don't know what happened. It just broke. Yeah, I mean, Paul Bills, that was on their radar, um, potentially came close to signing. He re-signs with the Nuggets. Um, Yeah, this Gordon Hayward loss blows for a lot of reasons. One, on the court, he's a a creator, he's a defender. You know, obviously he's not the Gordon Gordon Hayward of old, but um, he still provided valuable minutes and contributions to that Celtics team. And... He was a guy that was been a, that's been an asset for so long for the Celtics. Like it's pretty much essentially since he had that injury, he's always been in trade talks. He's always been a guy that they can move to get a, a piece at center to help them out. Um, yeah. And just to see him walk for absolutely nothing is pretty much the Celtics' worst fear, I think. And yeah. Celtics fans, um, a guy that they signed to a max deal, um, and essentially got. Nowhere close to, to value. his to value. Um, really stings, and just to see him walk off like that. Uh, plus, Watermaker. You know, I don't think a lot of Celtics guys were particularly high on Watermaker, but um, you know, he's still a solid backup. Point guard. Yeah, um, signs on a one-year deal. Yeah. I...
A mistake. That is what's. <laughs> That's the one you can't take be an alley oop target. Um, yeah. but really the yeah, the real stinger is losing Hayward for nothing for the Celtics. Yeah. yeah. Losing Hayward, not getting a whole lot of value back. It it sucks. I mean, I I have no doubts that they can recover and they're still gonna be a great team because of who they've got, but that that Hayward especially what he was kind of starting to be a lot more valuable to them, then he decides to walk. It hurts for them. And you know, not the first guy to walk from the Celtics in recent years. Um, a lot of people are starting to take a look now and think, what's going on behind the scenes in Boston that's seeing a lot of guys leave? Like We saw Kyrie leave, but he's sort of a unique case in of himself, yeah. so we can't really count that too much, but Horford leaves last year. I mean, he got the bag from Philly, but Philly, yeah. you know that, that Celtics team was probably a better fit for him anyway. Um, I mean, yeah, probably a better fit. In hindsight, yeah, but at the time, even probably still the Celtics. Um, yeah, he'd been there. He's you know he'd been there for four years. Um, I was surprised when he didn't resign with the Celtics and how quickly reports came out that he just didn't want to come back. Um, and then they've struck out with guys like Millsap. He didn't want to come this year. Uh, other guys in the past. Um, yeah, it's really. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say he didn't want to come. What the report I read was he was literally just like, I don't want to move my family. Sorry. Well, okay. That, I guess that's. I guess that's. He fair. didn't want to come that... enough to uproot his children's lives. I guess. Okay. I guess that makes more sense. But still, we see guys do that all the time at free agency. Yeah. You know? So, being in Boston apparently wasn't worth it enough for him, which yeah. I think says something. I mean, Hayward. Did Haywood didn't even take the money like this year. I think he probably, obviously, a tougher uh, free agency class next year to secure a kind of deal that he got this year. But I mean, yeah, I think he made a really smart move. He got. A I think he did too. Deal. I think he did too. Yeah, as opposed to one year thirty-four mil, four years one hundred twenty mil, which we'll get to later on when we talk about the Hornets. Yeah, he definitely made the right move. Um, yeah, but just I, sort of I, another guy in a trend of. Celtics free agency losses. Yeah. I mean, they, they've still kept their call though, so I guess I guess there's that. Um all right, let's move on to our third loser, which is the Sixers. The Sixers are a weird one because they didn't do all that much and yet they're still losers. <laughs> do you want to explain that? Because this was your call mostly. They're small losers, but they're also losers because I don't think Dwight Howard works anywhere else. On any other team except for one with LeBron on it, no, I, no. I see this and like going down in flames very quickly. Yeah. With um, Embiid, yeah, with Embiid and Simmons, I don't feel like Simmons <laughs> is going to take any of your shit. Um, Simmons seems like kind of a hard ass guy, not really the easiest to get along with. And with and Dwight not, there, not Dwight Howard's going to listen to either. Like Dwight no. Howard would listen to LeBron, he's not going to listen to Ben Simmons, and definitely not listening to Joel Embiid. No. Um, and yeah, I just see this ending in flames pretty quickly, honestly. <laughs> I don't see them meshing. I feel like even Tobias Harris is going to get the shits with him. Um, he seems like a, a sort of 
he's got his head screwed on type of guy, a bit more of a serious guy. Um, I just see this roster turning on him very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I do. I'm afraid that this is going to go back to the Dwight of old. I mean, we talked about this in a previous episode where, like, you know, I feel like Dwight kind of only works when he has someone who's clearly better than him, someone he 100% respects, and someone who's going to help keep his team in line. Very few guys in the league can do that. LeBron, maybe, like, Chris Paul, other than them. Yeah, no, I don't really know. None of these guys. No chance in hell. No. Nah. Be, even even be Doc. Rough. Even Doc doesn't even have a chance of containing him or trying to no. get him straight. I mean, you hope that his year with the Lakers gives him a better vision of what his role in the league is now. But yeah, um, but I don't know. I just Dwight's going to be Dwight, and it's not going to be pretty very quickly. And even fit wise, it just doesn't make sense. They should have got a, a stretch big, not Dwight Howard, who is the opposite of a stretch big. Yeah, um, yeah, he's sort of Dwight Howard insurance, but uh, sorry, he's, he's uh, Joel, Joel and B insurance. Um, but yeah, the fit is strange. I can't imagine he gets a whole lot of minutes as long as Embiid is around and playing healthy and playing well. Um, yeah, not sure. And, and the whole fiasco too on Twitter about him coming back to the Lakers <laughs> yeah. and I'm back <laughs> like a nation. <laughs> Within an hour, I think he deleted his Twitter. Um, <laughs> he deleted that tweet and he signed with the Sixers. Like he it was reported with the within an hour or so. Yeah. Um, uh, classic Dwight behavior. Great way to start <laughs> off his Sixers career. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to our fourth loser. Another small loser here in the Chicago Bulls. So the Bulls, they signed Garrett Temple and Denzel Valentine to pretty small deals. That's nothing special. The reason we think they're losers is because they lost Chris Dunn. Um, I know a lot of people aren't high on Chris Dunn, but I like him. I think he's a good defender. I think he's a good playmaker. I think he's just a very solid guy that you would want to keep around, especially since he's been on the team for a few years. Losing him for nothing, not great. Yeah, uh, he's on the same timeline pretty much as as the rest of their roster. He's not yeah. too much older than them. Yeah, he's been around for a while. He's an awesome defender. Um, Zach Lowe was talking about how he almost put him on one of his all defensive teams this year. Um, yeah. He's a playmaker. He's, I think he's coming along as a shooter. It's obviously not great still, but it's not nothing. Um, I, yeah, I still have faith in Chris Dunn. Um, I don't even know how many guys remember that he's still in the league. Um, I mean, he was taken fifth Uh was it 2017 draft? Maybe 2016. Um, maybe with the Timberwolves. Um, I, I think he's a very impactful defender and a guy you just want on your team. And to replace him with, uh, I guess, a veteran in Garrett Temple who isn't the same defender, isn't the same playmaker, probably is a better shooter, but isn't on the same timeline. And then Denzel Valentine, who's a guy. Um, yeah, this stings for the Bulls, I think. I don't, I don't think this is a not a great free agency so far for them. Yeah, I mean, it's not like an insane blow because they weren't going to be competing for anything anyway, really. Um, but, I don't know, losing that kind of a guy, a young guy who's on your timeline, who really fits with the rest of your team, it hurts. And again, they're small losers in the grand scheme of things, especially compared to some of the other teams we talked about. But yeah, that one loss is pretty bad, especially since they didn't get anything great in return or didn't get any make any very good signings uh in return there's still time there's still definitely time for them to change things up 
Um, yeah, not not great. No, not at all. All right, let's get to our final loser, and I know you're excited for this one. Oh, baby. The, De- the Detroit Pistons. What the goddamn hell are they doing? Big Ball is back. Let's go. <laughs> oh, my God. The big boy Pistons. Oh, my God. Let me, just, <laughs> let me just run through this. Mason Plumley, three years, 25 mil. Jalil Okafor, two-year deal. Jeremy Grant, three years, $60 million deal. They already have Blake Griffin on the team. They traded for Tony Bradley. I mean... Who did they draft wow. him, They draft. Oh, yeah, they drafted Isaiah Stewart, a, yep. a setter <laughs> in the draft. I mean, they're just bringing back bully ball, guys. This is... <laughs> Where is the... How do you run a rotation like this? Like, at, at best, Jeremy Grant runs small forward. Every other guy is pretty much a center. There is there is literally no sort of multi-position play with the guys they sign. So, yeah, I mean, they started it off with the Jalil Okafor signing. Whatever. Okay, sure, he's a backup center, I guess. Then they got Mason Plumley, who, sure, okay, whatever, he's a backup center, I guess. And then... <laughs> They added Jeremy Grant as well, which as a Nuggets fan stings, but also what the hell are you doing? Why? I mean, yeah, I mean, Jaleel, Jaleel would have been fine. You know, he's a he's a former high lottery pick, uh, number three overall. You take a swing on him, they're going to be bad this year, so you may as well see if you can get anything from him. Um, same with Josh Jackson, who they signed for two years. Um, but then the Mason Plumley on such a huge deal, three years locking yourself into Mason Plumley. Um, and then obviously it's not a ridiculously huge deal. Eight mil, eight mil a year isn't crazy, but that is the mid-level exception. I mean, yeah, maybe not the money, but the years is puzzling. The three years is a bit, yeah. Um, and then the Jeremy Grant deal. I mean, it feels like independently, all of these deals are defendable and maybe even good deals, but all combined together yeah. with the roster they already have is straight up hilarious. I mean, they signed two centers. They traded for two more in the draft, and they drafted one. Uh, yep. I mean, they let Dwayne Dedman go, who they traded for in the draft. But, I mean, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and they let and I they mean, let Christian Wood go, who I would argue is a better prospect and like probably a better guy to keep around than everyone except for Jeremy Grant. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as a Nuggets fan, I take solace in the fact that Jeremy Grant was offered the same contract by the Nuggets, still decided to go to the Pistons because he wanted a bigger role. What role? Where is the bigger role? You're playing with six other guys at your position. I mean, I've, he obviously must think that... He's going to be small forward. He will have to be their small forward. As long That's as Blake's the there, he has said. to be. As long as Blake's yeah. there, he has to be. Um, and, and then again, they drafted a small forward and Sadiq Bey in the draft. They already have Seiko Dumboyu there, who I think is going to be pretty good. Um, I mean... Aside from Derek Rose, do they have guards? Like They drafted cool? Killian Hayes at seven. They traded for DeLon Wright. Okay, I'll give him credit okay. for that. DeLon, okay. DeLon Wright, I like DeLon Wright. He's a good pack, backup point guard. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the Pistons. <laughs> They're going for it, I think. They're going for it. It's the race to the bottom for the Pistons. Maybe that's their big brain plan, is that when... You know how in 2K, when, you, when you're when you tanking, you just put up a lineup of all centers and play them 48 minutes and just sim to the end? I think that's what the Pistons are going to do. They're just going to run out a starting lineup of Jeremy Grant, Blake Griffin, 
uh, Mason Plumley, uh, Jalil Okafor, and Tony Bradley. And then Not Isaiah Stewart. The Isaiah Stewart is the sixth man. Yeah. And <laughs> they play them all as many minutes as they can, and they just tank for the number one pick. I think that's what's yeah. happening. Big brand moves out of Detroit. I love to see it. Yeah. And then with that number one pick, they waste it and trade Blake Griffin or something. Wait, no. Is <laughs> Blake Griffin a free agent next year? He is. So I guess that's coming off the books. They need, a dr- they need to draft someone to replace Blake Griffin. Who's going to be yeah. their shooting guard if Blake's gone? Oh, God. <laughs> they literally just saw that lineup, the Nuggets, read out with Jokic, Plumley, Millsap, Bobo, and Jeremy Grant for that one CD game that meant literally nothing. And they were like, yep. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's us. Hey, can, can I, I copy, copy your homework? homework? Yeah, sure. Just change it a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> honestly, that's what it feels like. This is this is honestly ridiculous. I can't. I mean, I'm sure there's a trade happening at some point. I don't think they can trade any of their signees. I don't think they can trade any of their signees for a while. Uh, no, they're, they're until December. Signed. Yeah, I think it's later. Actually, I it might it be. Like, it I might be later because like of February. how. I think it might, yeah, it might be later because of how close it is. Well, February is a deadline usually. I think they, oh, I think, yeah, around All Star Weekend. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think, uh, I think December they could trade guys. Um, but oh man, this is January this year, but yeah, this is hilarious. This is probably <laughs> this is one of the biggest L's in free agency that wasn't the Knicks swinging and missing on everyone last year. Yeah, I mean, it's like. If, like you said before, if you look at these deals independently, if you look at that Jeremy Grant deal independently, yeah, it's a bit of an overpay. But you would think if they got Jeremy Grant, one of the bigger free agents of this class, over the Nuggets, the Nuggets often did the same thing, but Jeremy Grant decided to go to the Pistons. That would be great. And it isn't. And that is a special, special thing. That is, yeah. And the fact that they couldn't come to an agreement to get a sign-in trade with any, like, they draw, they signed two Nuggets guys and they still couldn't get Blake to the Nuggets. I don't think they were trying to get Blake to the Nuggets, though, is the thing. But do you think the Nuggets were trying to get Blake to the Nuggets? I doubt it, actually. It's just, I, I would have liked Blake to the Nuggets. Nuggets, I think, would have been really fun, but, like, the, the contract is a bit much, and they probably, I don't think they would have been able to bring back Millsap. Actually, no, they would have, because of bird rights. I don't know, well, something would have happened. They don't need to anyway. They got Blake Griffin. I mean, if he's a free agent yeah. next year, I mean, it's a one-year deal. There must be two years left on that deal. I think it's not. I think it's just this next year, this coming year. I... Well, yeah. Well, that, mate, uh, that sucks for the Nuggets. They lost two role guys, one of them who was very promising in the playoffs, and yeah. who I think maybe is a bit overhyped in Jeremy yeah. Grant. But the Pistons will find we'll out. Ver- the Pistons will find out very shortly whether or not they <laughs> they got their money's worth here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that was fun. I, I, I feel like I've had a lot of pent-up frustration about the Pistons. This is a good therapy session. That was good right catharsis, now. I think, I like for that. both of us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, let's move to a slightly more positive note, I guess, with our mixed bag kind of team. So these are the teams that had not the best free agency, not the worst. They signed some guys. They went awesome, guys. And let's get started with the Los Angeles Clippers here. So... Uh, obviously, they're big losses. They lost Montrez Harrell and Jermichael Green, Jermichael Green, which what makes that worse is they lost Montrez to the Lakers and Jermichael Green to the Nuggets, both of whom were in the Western Conference Finals last year. Um, and they signed Patrick Patterson, Marcus Morris, and Serge Ibaka. They would be losers if it weren't for that Serge Ibaka trade, for sure. Yeah, Serge, Serge, Serge absolutely saved them, um, this free agency. Um, yeah. They lost... 
their backup center, their sixth man of the year, and a quality, a solid rotation guy. Yeah, uh, in Jermichael Green. Um, But yeah, Serge is a huge get. Um, He can play center for them. Uh, He can defend better than Montrez can, which is very important for them going forward because that's where they lost that Nugget series. Um, Even though they still have Zubac. So I... I guess we'll see how that goes. Maybe maybe a bucker off the bench like he was for the Raptors. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's he's a huge get for them. He's a shooter. He's a floor spacer. He's not a passer at all. Apparently, he's a pretty bad passer. I haven't taken notice of his passing game. But he's still a mobile defender at the center. Uh, still a very good defender. Um, but apart from that, yeah, like you said, they lost two of their guys and they signed Marcus Morris to what is probably my least favorite deal of the offseason. It's, it's not, not the bad. worst, but it's my least favorite. I it's hate... like the difference from the Moscow contract, but it's not even funny. At least that one was funny. <laughs> that was funny because you could laugh at Moscow getting the bag. This isn't yeah. funny. Marcus Morris isn't funny. He tries to injure his guys. He is... I I kind of see him as a locker room cancer. Um, and he's a ball stopper. I mean, he'll give you 15 points a game but he won't take the big shots. He won't make the big shots and he won't help your team win, I don't think. So, yeah. Bit of He's a... the reason they lost that Nugget series. He pissed off Millsap. Yeah, true. That is true. <laughs> he brought out... You never want pissed to piss off, off Millsap. Pissed off Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not a Morris fan. I think that deal's pretty bad, especially for four years. Yeah. The end of that deal is going to get ugly real quick, uh, I think. Um Two uh, years yeah. 32 mil, I'd be good with. Four years 64 is way too much. Yeah. Especially when you have, when there's a chance that you can lose both Paul and Kawhi, in, like next year. Yeah. And you've just tied yourself up with a four-year Marcus Morris deal. I mean, it's movable. I guess. Is it? If you had picks, which they don't. <laughs> yeah, so it's not movable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... um. What's yeah? What's he making? Like fifteen mil a year, a bit over fifteen mil a year. 16. That's 16. sixteen. Yeah, exactly. that's that's tough for a guy who's gonna age yeah. very poorly. I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, the only, yeah, you're right. The only reason the Clippers aren't losers is because that Serge Ibaka deal, and he can help them right now, and he makes them better against the the Western Conference guys. Yeah, especially because their biggest rivals, kind of right now, are the Lakers, who have. Anthony Davis and the Nuggets who have Jokic and Ibaka would be very good against m- debatable whether he'd be great against Anthony Davis but he'd at least be good against Jokic um, yeah. and speaking of the Nuggets let's get to our next mixed bag team with them um, so in this free agency they signed I'm not quite sure how to say his name um, Fukudo Kapazo or something like that a, that's it baby oh okay let's go um, A where's he from Argentina and Argentinian, Argentinian point guard, uh, Jermichael Green, from, which they got from the Clippers, and they re-signed Paul Millsap for a one-year $10 million contract. However, obviously, they lost Mason Plumlee, Jeremy Grant, and by the looks of it, they're not bringing Tory Craig back. So, couple good things, couple bad things. Obviously, losing Jeremy Grant really hurts them. They, they needed him a lot. He showed a lot of flashes in the playoffs of being like the perfect kind of fourth guy for them. Really solid defender. Like, if you fill out your line, your starting lineup, three great offensive players in Jamal Murray, Michael Moore Jr., Nicole Jokic, and then two good defensive players in Gary Harris, 
Jeremy Grant. That's what you want. Someone who's versatile, someone who can defend the Kawhis, the LeBrons of the world. They no longer have that. Um, Jermichael Green was about as good of a recovery as they could have made at the time. Um, obviously, I guess someone like Serge Barker would have been better, but you know the lack of multi-positional like defense would have hurt. So it it was that hurt. That was not good. Yeah, that wasn't. I wasn't expecting a happy remise after that news broke. Um, and I was not happy. <laughs> or not a lot of uh, not a lot of happy Nuggets fans after that. After the Pistons snagged, uh, actually, Jeremy a lot Grant. of Nuggets fans have turned to Jeremy Grant already. They've what? They've turned, turned on Jeremy Grant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine like, you couldn't have like told us like a day earlier. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is. I mean, yeah, you're right. They did recover well with Jermichael Green. He's a Solid three and D four, uh, which is he's he's a better shooter than Grant, but he doesn't provide the same uh, yes. defensive versatility or athleticism. He's a that solid Grant defender. But he's solid, but he forwards. he can't switch Small against boards. yeah, yeah. three. He's more of a fours only guy. Maybe a few fives. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I'm also. I'm I mean, your goodbye, I actually like him. I think he might take Monte Morris's minutes. He looks like fun. I want him to though. I like Monte Morris. <laughs> I like Monte Morris too, but I think he might be. He might have a higher ceiling uh, running around with Jokic and Murray than um, Morris does. He seems like he can do a bit more on offense than Morris. Morris is uh, also due for an extension, so I think that might indicate he could be getting traded. Okay, but another another young promising Nuggets player to get traded, uh, which sort of they might get the value uh, for Morris, unlike Beasley though. True, true. Um, and then I'm not a fan of the Paul Millsap re-sign. I think it was just time for both both parties to part ways. Uh, I don't think the Nuggets needed him because they got Jermichael Green. And I don't think Millsap needs... I think he would have been more useful elsewhere for another team like the Celtics. Um, I like that they brought back talent, at least. You know, they're not yeah. sort of... Uh, but... <clears throat> I, yeah. As someone who, you know, Ramiz has fought me on this all day, but as someone who doesn't watch Nuggets games, I would have rather had Tory Craig just because I think you can start a lineup with Murray, uh, whoever your two guard is, Tory Craig, Michael Porter Jr., and Jokic. Um, I think that's a better lineup. I think that's a better lineup. I think that's a better lineup, that a better um, lineup than uh, <laughs> MPJ, Millsap, and Jokic. Okay, um, reason I like Millsap coming back, A, the deal isn't ridiculously stupid. I still do think it's a bit of an overpay 10 mil, but it's only a one-year deal, and they couldn't have signed anyone else because they literally just used his bird rights for it. Um, so they went over the cap to sign him anyway. Um, the reason I like it is because, and it's something we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago in our GM's episode, where if you bring in a veteran guy, he doesn't just slot into being a veteran straight away. He needs veteran guys tend to have been on the team for a couple of years. And I feel like Paul Millsap is the right kind of veteran guy to have there with a guy like MPJ. I don't think Jermichael Green could have done that because he's brand new to the team. I like Millsap being there just purely for that veteran role. He's shooting better. He, he last season, he shot fairly well. He's a bit streaky. He's good at defense at times. Would I have rather kept Tory Craig over Paul Millsap? No. Would I have rather kept Tory Craig over some of the other guys the Nuggets have? Absolutely. I I don't care for Noah Vodley. I don't care for Kenabet's Geop. I don't care for um Vlatko Chanchar. Um, even though he is yoked. Have you seen Vlatko? 
No, I didn't even know who he was. <laughs> dude is massive. Oh, dude. <laughs> that's kind of that's fun anyway. <laughs> yeah. You always, you always need one Yoke guy on your team. Yeah. And but you probably I, need I two would... for the Nuggets with Jokic there just to make up yeah. for it. I would have rather have Tory Craig over those guys, but I think Tory Craig's an overrated defender as to what people say he is. Like he he has had good defensive moments, but I feel like he's riding off the occasional good defensive moment. And that shows him. People say he's a good defender when really he has a few good moments. And he is such a liability offensively. Like, he really stagnates the offense. Shoots horribly. In the playoffs last season, he shot uh, 26% from three and, like, less than 40% from the field. I think it was, like, 39, 40-ish from the field. Just completely ruins the offense. I feel like, you know, at least Paul Millsap can play within the offense, whereas I feel like Torrey Craig can't. Um yeah, the Nuggets would have liked... I would like them to have a weak defender. I want them to bring Torrey Craig back. If they could somehow, you know, trade some of those guys like Flacco uh, Chetra or whatever and get Torrey Craig back, I would love that. But if it comes down to Craig or Millsap, give me Millsap. Yeah, I, I do like... I, I understand what you're saying with that veteran consistency. I do think that's important, especially for a team that's trying to contend. Um I just think that Craig's more versatile defensively. Millsap can only really guard fours. Um, I don't think he's athletic enough to hang with fives anymore. Um, then again, Craig can only kind of guard twos, maybe some threes, probably not even the bigger threes. I think he can guard most threes. Um, but uh, then <laughs> again, I, you want to pick on, though. Yeah, then again, you have seen more of Craig than I have. But... um. I guess that's why this we've put this Nuggets as a mixed bag. You know, they've got they've brought talent in, but they've also lost guys that you probably would have liked to kept around. I I don't think he's as versatile as a defender as people think. I did like him though. I I, I do wish he stayed around. The Nuggets do have a bit of a logjam in terms of their guards now. They've got quite a few. Uh, Murray, Campazzo, uh, Morris. Depends whether you consider Will Barney a guard. I still do, even though he doesn't play shooting guard. Uh, Gary Harris, PJ Dozier, uh, I think I missed someone, um, RJ Hampton as well. So that's seven guards, which is a bit much. Um, I mean, it, I, I mean, even their forwards are sort of in each other's ways. I mean, they've got Millsap, they've got Jermichael Green. I think they're... I'm I scared. think Jermichael Green, Jokic plays... Those three, I think, play a 4-5 role. Like, I think either Millsap or Jermichael Green can slide over to the five in small ball lineups. So I'm not too worried about that. Maybe. Um, I think they just do essentially the same thing anyway. Jermichael Green and Paul Millsap. Millsap might be yeah. a better defender. Jermichael Green's probably a better shooter. Uh, they just drafted... Yeah, they just drafted Zeke Naji, um, who I think is a guy that could contribute straight away. Um, plus, I've got Jokic. So that's that's four guys there, so I guess that's you. And Bob Bol. Yeah, I, I feel th- like there, there aren't any like just actual great power forwards. So if you have two role player power forwards in Millsap, Jermichael Green, I think that's fine when you've got a star center and you might have a star small forward in Michael Boyd Jr. Yeah, that's um that's true. I, don't, I can't think of a whole lot of awesome power forwards at the moment. Um, Blake Griffin is maybe the only one that yeah, comes to mind. Blake Griffin and Kevin Love, and they're both old and injury Even prone at the moment. Play them at the five and a lot of lineups exactly yeah uh, yeah it's a lot of fours going to the fives and a lot of threes starting as your fours i think um yeah, yeah so you're yeah you're right maybe they just they don't need a sort of a great four yeah a great four yeah to be to be really good 
Still hurts, but yeah. I mean, it was okay. I think they're slightly worse in terms of just talent in, but if guys improve like we expect them to, they're probably better. Yep. All right, let's move on to... We spent quite a while on the Nuggets. Sorry, I get very heated. <laughs> um, let's move on to our next mixed bag team, which is pretty uh, pretty different here. It's the Bucks here. Um, so the Bucks uh, signed Pat Connaughton for three years, 16 mil, which is a bit much. Bobby Portis, two years, 7.4 mil. DJ Augustine, three years, 21 mil. Jalen Adams. But they also lost Wesley, Wesley Matthews. And do you want to take this... Yeah, um, that Pat Connaughton deal, which originally looked decent at um, two years, eight million, uh, quickly got a bit less, a l- bit less pretty with three years, sixteen million. Uh, I'm not sure what happened there, but that extra pay to Connaughton, who's a guy that's sort of just a weird, athletic, not real skill guy, um, is a sort of a weird overpay. Um, Bobby Portis is another guy that sort of doesn't move the needle for me. I mean, coming off the bench, sure, is a sort of weird 4-5 shooter, role guy, not much of a defender. Um, even though because that uh, bogey trade fell through, they've still got DJ Wilson on the team, who also does essentially the same thing as Bobby Portis. So maybe they're still looking to get off some of those guys. Uh, I like DJ Augustine. He's a good backup. He's just the kind of guy that you want on a contending team as a backup. Yeah, he's been stuck on the magic for a few years. Um he yeah, he seems he can he can run the offense, he can make a few threes. Um I don't mind that. Twenty one three years, twenty one maybe is a bit, but you know, trying to keep Giannis around, I don't think it's that much that bad. Point for every team in the league. <laughs> it does feel like he's one of those guys that's been around yeah. the league a lot. Uh it does feel like that. Uh losing Wesley Matthews. Um not that big of a deal when they've got Drew Holiday now. I'm 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 fine with that. I think that's why he left too. He realized he doesn't really have a role in this team anymore. Yeah. I mean, I like Wesley Matthews. I've always been a big Wesley Matthews fan. Even though um who who was they saying? Uh Ricky Rubio to me has always been a Timberwolves player. For some reason Wesley Matthews has always been a Mavs player to me. <laughs> really? I still only... I still picture him on the Trailblazers. I know, it's so weird. Like that's where he was actually at his best, but I'm just like, oh yeah, he's a Mavs guy. Yeah. Um yeah, he's a guy. I like Wesley Matthews too. I think he's a good pickup for the Lakers, which we'll talk about later. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, he doesn't have a t- role in this team anymore with Drew, uh, with Drew Holiday there. But um, yeah, the guys they brought back, I, I like Augustine, and I'm not too high on the other two guys, especially that overpay for Connaughton. Yeah, I mean the original deal was two years, eight mil, which I liked. I thought that's fine, you know, four mil for a guy who's probably not going to give you all that much, but it's not too bad. Yeah. But then. They added extra year and an extra eight mil to it, which is a bit weird. So instead mm. of being paid about four mil per year, he's now being paid over five, which in the grand scheme of things for an NBA team isn't that much, but it's still a bit, it feels like an overpay now, the three years especially. Yeah. Um, for a guy that's almost better as a baseball player than he is a basketball player, um, <laughs> seems like a lot of money for it. Yeah. He's a guy that doesn't shoot real well. He's just super, he's just super athletic. That's sort of all he is, really. He, and a and a guy that goes out and tries hard, but um, yeah, interesting, interesting moves. Uh, do you do you know much about Bobby Portis? Do you have much of an opinion on Bobby Portis? No, I don't. I know very little about Bobby Portis. Yeah, the only thing I know about Bobby Portis is him and who was the other guy on the Bulls that got in a fight, and uh, 
Bobby Portis broke his face. Who was that? Oh, I don't remember. Uh, was it Taj Gibson? No, it wasn't Taj Gibson. I don't uh, know. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I, that's that's the the highlight of Bobby Portis's career for me is when he broke his teammate's face. <laughs> Did Blake Griffin also punch someone? I feel like I remember that. I don't really remember. Bobby I feel like Portis I also doing. remember that. Yeah. Um, I feel like it was like they were out to dinner or something, and he punched a teammate. Was it Austin Rivers? I think it might have been actually. I think it. I think it actually was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That's a big baller move, punching the coach's son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and who says the league is soft? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a. But yeah, that I don't know. I'm not high on the Connaughton and Porters. No, I mean it's an. They made a couple of okay signings. They didn't really lose all that much uh, in Wesley Matthews, even though we do like him, but he doesn't really have a role for the team. That Drew Holiday trade makes their offseason a lot better. Yeah, and um, at least they have guys off the bench now. Um, especially if, especially if they bit, send yeah. that, that send that they send that um same package out that they were going to send for Bogey, which doesn't look like it's happening anymore. Um, if they get another guy with that package, potentially. Uh, yeah. This adds a bit of depth. Bit of depth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all around, not too bad. I am. I'm a big DJ Augustine fan, which is weird. I don't think anyone's a big DJ. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think all around, pretty decent. Um, yeah. Now let's move on to our. I think this is our final mixed bag team in the Raptors. Now the Raptors had not that weird an off season. It it just kind of made sense what happened. So they re-signed Fred VanVleet for a four-year, $85 million contract, which I think maybe, is that a bit of a bargain, do you think? Um, I think that's a right about where he, where he should get. To um, me, it is as well. I think some people do think it is a bit of an underpay, which I guess good for the Raps, if that's what people do think. Yeah, I mean, I think if he gets better, it could, yeah, you know, obviously it could be an underpay. He's still got room to get better, I think. Um, yeah. It's yeah, it's a decent, it's a good contract. It's good that they kept him. I think it's important yeah. that they they kept him around. Um, but yeah, what sort of makes this a mixed bag free agency so far is losing Surge. Yeah, um, yeah, he's a, you know, I think this, I think the the days are numbered on this Raptors team as we know it. Very, very I, numbered. I think Lowry's going to be out of here pretty quickly. Uh, I don't think Gasol's coming back. I do see him declining a fair bit though. Yeah, I feel like they can't trade Larry at this point. They just—I was—I was gonna say, I was maybe maybe Larry's a Raptors lifer, even though I he is, he a, is. a lifer. But um, he, he'll be remembered as a Raptor. For oh, sure. for sure, for sure. Um, I don't know. I think maybe he, you know, this won't be a situation where like a Vince situation where the the fans turn on Larry if he asks to leave. I think they'll understand if yeah. he wants to go for it somewhere else. Um, I think that's the most likely option is that he looks for a trade to a contender. Um, yeah. I think the Clippers come to mind for me. But um, yeah, I think it's got to be quickly around the young guys on this Raptors team that, that are going to be the focus. And I think Fred, obviously, he's a bit of an older guy who hasn't been in the league that long. He was a senior when he got drafted um, out of college. What, like 24? Oh, I think he's older than that. I think he's 26 or something. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think you can still play with these younger Raptors guys like... Um, uh, Siakam and OG Ananobi. Ananobi. Yeah, you're right. He's 26. And he'll yes. be 27 next season. Yeah, so I think he's, he's, you know, he's obviously older, but I think he can be kept around with those guys. Um, but so, yeah, Serge, 
losing Surge, he's a valuable role guy for them. Their backup center uh, closed a lot of games with Surge. Um, so it obviously takes a hit to their to their record this year. I'm not sure how rap- how good the Raptors will be. They'll still be very good, but I don't think they'll be as good as they have been in previous years. Yeah, and another guy that this kind of depends on is Mark Assault. Whether or not he has a massive impact on them anymore, who knows? But if they also do lose him, because right now um, he hasn't signed anywhere, that's a lot of depth that they're sent to that they're losing. And a lot of... Is Marcus still considered a good defender? I couldn't really tell you anymore. I think he's a bit too old, a bit too slow at this point. He definitely had a down year last year, just sort of all round. Um, he's definitely looking very old. Uh, I don't think he's an impactful defender anymore. I think he's a serviceable one and a good one, but I don't think he's going to really win games for you in that on that end. Yeah, but if he does stick around, great. He might help a little bit. But yeah, I mean... The Surge thing really hurts because Surge isn't particularly old and he's still a very important, impactful defender. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on to some of our winning teams. So let's let's finish on a high note. Actually, do you want to just quickly mention some of the other teams that we're, we're not going to go into any detail about, really? Um, let's just say what the other teams kind of did. Um, the Thunder, they didn't make any signings. They lost Dino Gallinari. They lost Nolan Snowell. But, you know, they made more trades, and I'm just sick of talking about the Thunder making trades. Um, Too many goddamn first-round picks. Oh, so many. I, I was counting. I think, like, they I think, had... I think it's up to 18. I, yeah, which is weird, because there's also been a draft that's passed. Yeah, that's, like, yeah this, is a, this is just future drafts, not the draft just gone. It's 18. It's gone yeah. up since the draft, which is exactly. ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the... The Mavs signed Trey Burke for a three-year, $10 million contract and Wesley Iwondo for, uh, for a two-year contract. And they traded for James Johnson. Pretty good all around. Not really something I would, we're going to go into detail on, but I, I think those are good moves. Good guys to keep around. Um, the Grizz brought back D'Anthony Melton. Brought back, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, D'Anthony Melton for a four-year, $35 million contract and John Concha. For- I don't know who that is. A four-year, nine million dollar contract, so it's very little. Um, they lost Josh Jackson, and they also traded for Mario Hazonia. Um, again, nothing crazy. Bringing back you guys, sure. Yep, pretty much. Um, the Spurs, same sort of thing. They bring back Drew Eubanks for a three-year, five point three million dollar contract. Yucca Pertle for a three-year, twenty-seven million dollar contract, and Cam Reynolds, who was on the Jazz, I think two seasons ago, was in the G League last year. I think they signed him to a 10-day, I think. Does does the 10-day start now, or does it start with the season? Because he might be I out before the, the season starts. <laughs> I think it's they've signed him now, and it starts when the season starts. The 10 yeah. days yeah, start well, when the season yeah. starts. Yeah. Um, so they could just completely... But they could also just completely get rid of it before the season starts and no harm done. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, the Pacers... Uh, Justin Holiday, three-year, $18 million contract, and Amida Brimmer, no idea who that is, but a one-year contract. Um, the Nets re-signed Joe Harris for a lot of money, four-year, $75 mil. Uh, They get Jeff Green, like we were talking about, a guy that's bounced around a ridiculous amount throughout his career, and they lose Garrett Temple. Um, Just quickly on that Joe Harris deal. Uh that's sort of emblematic of what we've seen from recent years and even this offseason. Um, big money for a guy who's primarily a shooter. I mean, people talk he can do other sort of things, but in the in the role he's going to play on this Nets team, he's just going to be a shooter. 
So that's a that's a, you're right. That's a lot of money to keep around for a guy who is pretty much only going to do one thing. Um, yeah. And a guy that they, you know, honestly could have replaced when they traded for Shaman, but um, obviously they like him enough to keep him around. Yeah, I mean that also doesn't necessarily bode well for the future of some of those other younger guys, Tory Prince, Garrett Temple, necessarily sticking around. Um, yeah. But you know, we're still kind of holding out for a James Harden trade if it does happen. Um, yeah, I mean Harris could be part of that just to make the money be. work. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Magic uh, side: James Edis for a one-year, three million dollar contract. Dwayne Bacon for a two-year minimum. Michael Carter Williams, which I know you're not happy about, but who cares? Um, and then Gary Clark for a two-year, $4 million contract, and they lost DJ Augustine and Wesley Iwondu. Do you want to speak to Michael Carter-Williams really quick? Uh, yeah, he sucks. Why is he still in the league? <laughs> okay. Get him out. Stop giving him uh, contracts. The Knicks signed Alec Burks for a one-year, $6 million contract, Alfred Payton for a one-year, $5 million contract, Ed Nolan's Noel also for a one-year, $5 million contract, and they lost uh, Mo Harkos and Bobby Portis. Um, arguably a win for the Knicks just because they didn't sign anyone on a big deal. They didn't sign anyone stupid. <clears throat> yeah, uh, and also the guys that they got were uh, pretty decent and on good deals. So we didn't we didn't talk about them in depth, but uh, pretty uh, pretty much a W. Pretty much a W. Yeah. And then the Cavs just lost Tristan Thompson. They've done literally nothing else. Um, yeah. Which is really weird. But um, let's finish on a high note with some of our, high note with some of our winning teams. Uh, and first up is the Lakers. So obviously signing Wesley Matthews for a very nice one-year, $3.6 million deal. Stealing Montrezl Harrell from their Clippers and they're upping uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope for a three-year, $40 million contract. And that Montrezl Harrell deal, two years, $19 million, which is very good. Um, they did lose Dwight Howard, Avery Bradley, Rajon Rondo, but all around, they kind of just replaced those guys with better guys. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> obviously they lost Danny Green as well in a trade uh, for Schroeder earlier. Uh, all the all, oh, yeah. all the moves that they've made this offseason are just better than the guys they replaced it with. Um, it's yeah. hard to argue otherwise. Um, really impressive stuff from the Lakers. Have made they made what would I would I would argue the favorites for this year for this season coming um, even even better. So they made their roster even better. Yeah. So. Yeah, pretty impressive stuff. And for tr- for for them to get Montrez Harrell is pretty. I mean, it's a sort of a why wouldn't you deal? I mean, it's a short term deal. Oh, yeah, it's a player option. So if it doesn't work out or he doesn't like his fit, uh, he can leave next year. Pretty tradable contract. Um, and this, I think, for Trez, this is more of a deal where he can. Obviously, his market wasn't very good. Otherwise, I don't think he'd be on the Lakers. Um, so this is sort of a deal for him to get his value back up this year and probably move on next next uh, offseason. Yeah. I mean, his his value kind of tanked a bit because of that Nugget series where he really, really struggled defensively against Jokic, which doesn't really bode well for them so much um, come these playoffs. Obviously, obviously, they still have Anthony Davis, defensive player of the year candidate, but they lost Dwight Howard, who's a big, tough bruiser, and replaced him with Montrose Howell, who struggles to defend bigger centers. Um, yeah, but so I don't think the Lakers are under any obligation to play him in the in the closing minutes. No, I mean, the Clippers I, didn't really necessarily either. Well, they did it to their own defeat, pretty much. Yeah. That's, I think that's why Doc's gone, because they didn't play Zubac. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't see uh, Harrell in closing 
lineups for the Lakers. I think it's going to be AD and LeBron as your 4-5 or 5-4. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, good low-risk pickup. Yeah. Um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope got a bit of a bag, three-year, 40 million. I think he earned it. He was pretty good for them in the playoffs last year. He was a, a good scorer. I mean, that's kind of all he does, really. He's, he just kind of plays within their system, but you don't need him to do anything else when you've got LeBron and AD. Yeah, he shut me up in the finals. I thought it was going to be terrible, and he actually played really well. Um, a versatile defender. He's not exactly a lockdown guy, but he can play a couple positions on that end. Um, yeah, uh, clutch clutch getting him in the bag. That, that Lakers team is pretty much that clutch team at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you could argue whether there's like tampering too. Yeah, whether there's <laughs> legal or even moral uh, boundaries being broken with clutch. Yeah, well, but anyway, autocracy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that will come up later. <laughs> yeah, um, obviously. So to explain that, Montrez Harrell and I, I did actually know KCP was with clutch, although that makes sense. Um, LeBron's agency. He he tends to get guys the deals that maybe not the deals that they want, but the deals that LeBron wants for them. Um, Anthony Davis, also a clutch client. Yep. Um, who else is on that team? <laughs> um, I think this, I think there's some other guys on there that are clutch clients. Probably. I think, yeah, I think Quinn probably. Cooks. I think Quinn Cooks also a clutch guy, but I think he's gone now. Um, is Javel McGee a clutch guy? Uh, I don't believe so. No. Okay. But yeah, clutch guys just they get the bag. <laughs> they get the <laughs> bag and they play yeah, with whatever whatever makes LeBron happy. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then obviously that Wesley Matthews signing, I think it's a great pickup. Very cheap. I like Wesley Matthews, like we spoke about earlier. I think yeah. he's just a good guy to have on their roster. Definitely an upgrade over Danny Green. Better Danny Green, pretty much. All right. Uh, let's move to our next winner. So this is the Rockets. Let's not focus too much on them. Um, the Rockets are a winner because they lost Jeff Green. Oh, no, it's Jeff Green. Um, <laughs> but they did get Christian Wood, which is a signing that you're really high on, actually. I like him. He's a versatile guy that can play off the ball. He can run, pick, and roll. He can sort of, yeah, in the high post, get his get his way down to the basket. Um, he can shoot. So yeah, I think he fits in with what the Rockets do for maybe however long left they are doing it. Yeah, I, and I and think... even if they trade their stars, he's a he's a young guy on a decent deal. So yeah, keep him around. Um... He, he would fit in with whoever they get if they do trade James Harden. Obviously, we're, we're hearing talks of a Russell Westbrook, John Wall deal, which, please, for the love of God, no. Gives <laughs> no me, gives that. me, yeah, that makes me sick to my stomach, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, if they do get some nice young guys out of either of those two guys, yeah, it would be a good fit for uh, Christian Wood. Yeah, and just a couple of other deals here that we're not going to focus on, but I'll just run us through. Jaron Fox gets a five-year, $163 million extension, which uh, has has room to go up to 196 or 193 I think, depending on all NBA all teams. First team. I think that's yeah. if he makes a first team. Yeah. A first team, yeah, but it goes up incrementally based on third, second teams as well. Uh, the Pels trade for Stephen Adams. They haven't signed anyone yet, but they make a trade for Stephen Adams as part of that... Um, the Drew Holiday trade that's expanding to become a four-team deal. Uh, the Warriors sign Brad Wanamaker for one year, $23 million deal. Uh, also trading. 2.3, sorry. 2.3, sorry. Kelly Oubre. <laughs> they're also trading for Kelly Oubre. Uh, just a first rounder. Just a first rounder. Just another first rounder for the for the Thunder. Nothing serious. Thunder. Yeah. I'm going to take Kelly Oubre. Yeah. And then the the Wizards signing Bertans to a five year eighty million dollar deal again. Get your bag, get your yeah. bag. Shooters getting the bag. A deal I actually like. I think it's a pretty tradable deal. 
uh, once the Wizards get terrible. I like that a lot, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, also signing Neto, uh, Garrison Matthews, and Robert Lopez to one-year deals, mostly minimums. I don't and, like uh, the Robert Lopez signing, but it's the Wizards. I don't care that much. It's also Robert Lopez. I don't even know if he'll play. But um, <laughs> yeah, those are just some smaller deals that we're not going to focus on too much. Uh, sorry, slight technical problem happened here. I'm only noticing it in post-production. The audio cut out for just a second. We're talking about the Utah Jazz and the contract I'm currently talking about as soon as the episode cuts back in is Jordan Clarkson's uh, four-year, $52 million contract. We will also talk about um, Derek Favors' uh, three-year, $27 million contract. A very solid scorer. Someone who they really would have liked in the play. I believe he was injured, was he? No, I think he played. Who was injured then? Who am I thinking of? Uh, Mike Conley started the series injured. He missed the first two or three games. That's probably it. But, but then yeah, he came back, um, yeah. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson, just a very valuable scorer for them. Um, a good second, third option. Uh, probably more of a third option um, yeah. on offense, but you'll take that for a pretty decent contract. A very, I think that's a very tradable contract. $13 million is kind of what you want. Long-term yeah. deal, so he's, he's, he's sticking around with them. Yeah, he's just important to what they do on offense because they don't have a lot of natural scorers, and that's just pretty much what Jordan Clarkson is: is a natural scorer, gets yeah. his own gets his own buckets from from anywhere on the court, pretty much. And um, yeah, not a bad deal. Keeping around, he's still he's still young. He'll be good for all those all those years. It seems like yeah, yeah, um, yeah good deal. Um, and then obviously the Derek Favors signing, which um, questionable as to whether or not it'll work with Rudy Gobert, which is pretty much the reason it didn't work the first time around um, because he was there alongside Rudy Gobert. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a big Jazz fan. He's very high on the signing. He thinks it's just great for chemistry. He's going to be a good fit. He doesn't seem to really care about whether or not uh, Gobert and Derek Favors can play together or one of them could back the other. Well, Derek Favors could back Gobert up. I, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I think it's a fine signing. Yeah, I think it works as a backup. Um... He's a real, yeah. He's honestly a really good guy. He could start for a lot of teams at center. He did for the Pelicans last year and was pretty good. Uh, he's a double double guy uh, in starting minutes, um, and also a pretty good defensive guy. Uh, it's a really nice deal. Three years, twenty seven mil. That's not a lot for Derek Favors. Um, Just the mid level. Yeah, and uh, back in back in Utah, where he's <clears throat> he's pretty popular, uh, as we just heard with Utah fans. He's uh he knows the team. Uh, <clears throat> him and Jingles can get back to their pick and roll alley ways. Yeah. Um, I I just curious what this means for Gobert. Um, he's got an extension coming up. I think December. Their extension talk is due. Um, I think we might see Gobert moved on. But then again, Favors can also just as easily play the backup for Gobert. So yeah. All round, I think pretty good for them. Um, obviously they lost Alec Burks. Not the Worst loss in the world. I think no. they're still winners, regardless. Yep. Um, next winner is probably the Trailblazers, I would say. Um, so, uh, signing Rodney Hood to a two-year, $21 million deal. Derek Jones Jr. for a two-year, $19 million deal. Bringing back Mello for a one-year deal. Don't know what the money on that is. I'd imagine close to a veteran's minimum. Um, and then also trading for Enes Kanter and obviously that Roco trade that happened uh, a little while back. Ah, uh, yeah, just all in all, really, really important pieces to pick up. Uh, wing guys that can uh, defend, and yep. uh, in the case of Rodney Hood and Mello, can give you some offense. Um, and as Cantor, who was really popular for the Blazers, 
that that one season he was there a couple of years back. Um, played big playoff right minutes for them. Yeah, exactly. Um, all really good stuff. They're just a better team than before they started um, free agency. So really good moves. Um, I think ties the whole free agency together to get to make it even better. Um, Rodney Hood, we'll see how he bounces back from an Achilles injury. Isn't or you know not a lot of guys come back looking 100 percent from that. Um, great to have Melo back in the league. Uh, yeah, again, you know, it was really good for the Blazers. Um, yeah, uh, really important guys to fill out the wing and even back up Nurkic. Yeah. So great moves by the Blazers there. Uh, our next winner is the Suns. So obviously that Chris Paul trade that happened a while ago, we talked a lot about that already, but also signing Jay Crowder for a three-year $30 million contract and Javon Carter for a three-year $11.5 million contract. Javon Carter is kind of whatever. I don't care too much about that deal. But um, uh, Jay Crowder, great wing defender to bring along with them. I think he'd be a really good fit with their system. Really good guy to kind of have alongside their current guard rotation. Um, yeah, um, he's an awesome he's an awesome veteran to have on your team. Um, yeah, the Grizzlies really enjoyed having him on their team to start the season last year, and I think they even fell off a bit after he was traded to the Heat. Um, and then obviously with the Heat, had his best shooting performance pretty much of his career uh, since he joined there. Obviously, fell off a bit towards the end of the playoffs, but. Oh, yeah. um, I remember uh, being caught by surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you could do that for the Suns, I think he's going to be a really important player. Maybe even a guy that starts at the four for them, um, depending on what they do with Sarich. Um, yeah, a, a great pickup for them. Three years, 30 mil. Uh, good veteran guy to have around. Maybe the last year of that deal isn't great, but um, I think for right now, for what they're trying to do, that's that's worth paying for. And even Javon Carter... He's an elite defensive guy. Like he doesn't give you much else, but he can really defend pretty much any one or two that's around there. Um, so I, yeah, you might not know a lot about him. I don't think a lot of people do, but he's a really he's a really good guy to have on your team. Okay, yeah, no, I I know very little about him. So, but from what you're saying, yeah, if if he's a good defensive guy, that's great to have with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Um, yeah, yeah, I I think the Suns got a lot better, and once again, another scary team that just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, another team that's going to be challenging the the middle of the West, I'd say. Probably six, five, six, seven sort of range. Yeah. All right. Um, our next winner is the Miami Heat. So obviously they lost two of the guys we just talked about in Derek Jones Jr. and Jay Crowder, but they re up Goran Dragic for a two year, thirty seven million dollar contract. They re-up Myers Leonard for a two-year $20 million contract, uh, got Mo Harkless for a one-year $3.6 million contract, and Avery Bradley for a two-year $11.6 million. Um, yeah, Mo Harkless, um, you know, whatever. He's a guy. He's a wing. He can shoot. He can kind of play defense. Uh, I'm not too high, high on him. Avery Bradley, I'm really excited to see in the heat. Um, I love that signing, yeah. Yeah, he's a good guard defender. I'm still a bit worried about our wing defenders losing both Derek Jones and Jay Crowder and not really replacing them with anyone. No, credit to Mo Harkless, but he's not either of those guys defensively. Um, Avery Bradley, though, is an elite defensive guy against guards. Um, and I think we've we've seen the guards get better in the East, uh, especially with the Drew Holiday trade, which is a guy 
that we're going to have to go through now, potentially the playoffs. Probably. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, also, the Heat help guys get be better shooters. And I think yep. Avery needs that. So, uh, definitely, definitely keen to see how uh, Avery Bradley goes. And also, team friendly deal, uh, team option in that second year, and not yep. too much money. So, really good. Yeah, he seems like just a really good Heat guy. And like you said, great defender, which is what you want. The the Heat have a very, very scary defense, even if they did lose a couple of their nice defensive pieces there um, in Jay Crowder or Derek Jones. Um, but yeah, no, overall, I think great offseason, great signing from the Heat. Um, I, you know, I would say maybe a bit of an overpay for Goran Dragic and Myers Leonard, but you know what? Just give it to them. And they're, they're team options anyway, so it doesn't yeah, exactly. restrict you from anything next season. Yeah, which is the important thing for the Heat. Yeah. All right. Let's actually skip over this next team and let's get to our second last team because I do want to talk about this team last. Um, so the next team we're going to talk about is the Atlanta Hawks, uh, okay. who I think are a big winner here, uh, getting Danilo Gallinari for three years, $61 million, Chris Dunn for two years, $10 million, and Rajon Rondo for two years, $15 million. They lost Jalen Adams. They lost Jeff Teague. Whatever. I think the Hawks are now a kind of scary team. Another team that's really just come out of nowhere here, getting a really good offensive guy in Danilo Gallinari, Rajon Rondo, who's a very crafty veteran, and then Chris Dunn, who's a very versatile defender. Um, their guard rotation now looks very strong. Um, obviously, very a lot solid. of those two guys that they signed alongside Trey Young. Um, who was their shooting guy last season? Uh, Kevin Herter. Right. Okay. So still a very solid guard yeah. rotation. With, with all those guys. Gallo provides a bit of offense. I guess the only question now is what are they doing with their big men? But we can get to that in a second. Yeah, um, all these signings are really, really good for... I think they've got to be important for helping uh, Trey Young develop as a player. Um, I really like the Rondo signing. Um, I think he's going to really give them some leadership, some veteran leadership that they need. He's going to help mentor... Trey Young, for better or worse, um, he's another defender. He's still a guy that can play and contribute uh, and can run the offense when Trey Young sits, which they just didn't have anyone that could do that last season. It got really ugly when Trey sat. Um, yeah. Chris Dunn is a guy that can play next to Trey. He's a, sure, yeah. he, he can defend. Um, he can run a bit of the offense. Uh, hopefully his shooting gets a bit better for them. And then Gallo is just like, Gallo's a bucket, you know. He can, he can get it from everywhere. He can, he's probably got to score over twenty again for for his for the season. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, he could. Sh- he's, <clears throat> he's a shooter. He's a he's a guy you can throw it to in the post. Um, does a really a, a lot of a lot of good stuff for the Hawks. You're right. Yeah. Um, they've got a lot of bigs to sift through. A lot of bigs. I mean, no one here is near the Pistons. Half as many as the Pistons, either. <laughs> exactly half as many as the Pistons. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do there. I, I'd, I'd rather move Capella than yeah. either of the other two, but it looks like John Collins might be on the move. Um, I think it'll be John Collins, based on, like, he's got a contract extension coming up, is he? It is coming up, yeah. They yeah. probably He probably wants the max. They probably don't want to give him the max. No. Um, so... Something to look out for there, but for, in terms of the guys they signed, yeah, really impressive stuff for the Hawks. Probably, yeah. probably pushing for a, you know, seventh or eighth seed in the East. I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of the teams we've talked about. They've they've made signings, but like the Hawks are kind of the only team 
or one of the early teams to have made three actually impactful signings that actually fit with their rotation. I mean, obviously, other teams made a lot of signings and a lot of good players, the Pistons, but, you know, ones that fit with their rotation is a, is a little bit less common here. And the Hawks just made three great signings. Raja Rondo, seven and a half mil, questionably an overpay, perhaps. Um, Probably. But I think Gallo, for the, I think for, yeah, I think for them to land Rondo, you know, small market team, they probably need to uh, overpay guys. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm not I'm not terribly mad at it. They had a lot of cap to play with. They're not probably they're probably not in play for any sort of major free agents next se- next um, off season. So no, I mean that Gallo deal is a little bit scary with his injury history and the fact that he is mm-hmm. getting a bit older. Um, but yeah, I mean get your bag, I guess, and then. <laughs> It's it's a three year deal. Trey Young's still going to be very good. He's going to be better in three years than he is now. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I kind of have faith that Gallo can age gracefully with the Hawks anyway, as their young guys get better. So maybe yeah. maybe come into a bench role for them. So yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not mad at it at all. Yeah, I think the Hawks just had a very good free agency first couple of days of free agency at least. Yeah. Um, now the last team we were to talk about was the Charlotte Hornets with. Potentially the biggest signing of free agency, or one of at the very least. Uh, yeah, what I'd probably period. say the I'd probably say the biggest. Yeah, just looking at the in, guys that have already gone. Yeah, in Gordon Hayward, they lost Dwayne Bacon, sure. Um, but yeah, no Gordon Hayward, very interesting signing, very unexpected to me. Waking up to see that news. Yeah, I wasn't expecting this at all. Um, big deal, secured the bag. Um, you know, obviously turned out that thirty-four mil from the from the Celtics. Um, I like the fit too. I mean, obviously um, the Hornets aren't doing a whole lot, but um, you know, with Lamelo, with Gordon Hayward, those are, those are guys that, you know, are interesting to build around. I, I think they <clears throat> might be maybe not in play for the playoffs, but they're definitely going to be a competitive team. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I, I think the Hort- the Hornets are going to be, more competitive, questionable. I I think it's questionable if they're a playoff team, but they've got a couple of years to develop these young guys. The Gordon Hayward deal, a bit long, four years, one hundred twenty million for a guy who's been a bit of a borderline all star, bit of an injury history as well. It's it's questionable, but that's kind of what you need to do if you're the Hornets. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they're not getting guys in free agency very often. They've already tried to get uh, Hayward once um, back when he was a restricted free agent coming off his rookie deal. Um, And they did get him until they matched. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Uh, until the Jazz matched um, their offer sheet. But um, So it's obviously the guy they've had their eyes on for a while. Um, Four years, yeah, you're right, is a lot. Um, How old is he? Is he 31, 32? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. um, I don't know. I feel like he can be a valuable guy up until the end of the contract, probably not worth the money, but still a guy that can contribute. Uh, very skilled player, obviously. So, um, yeah, I, I like the deal. It makes him competitive now. It gives it gives Lamelo someone to play with, so he's yeah. not just trying to do everything for them, uh, which I think is important for players' developments. Sometimes, not just especially young guards. Yeah, yeah, not just putting them in a position where they have to do everything and develop a lot of bad habits. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> do, what do we know about the demographics of Charlotte? Because obviously there's a whole lot of jokes about 
Gordon and he were living a very a very white lifestyle. I mean, I'll just say it like that. Um, yeah, in very very not ethnically diverse cities. The Indiana rumors didn't help that. <laughs> yeah. What do What do we know? What do we know about Charlotte? Do you know anything? I'll be honest for me, as I don't. I think it's a bit more diverse. Um, Probably, but. Don't quote me on that. Um, okay. Yeah, it's. I don't think it has the reputation of a Boston and a Jet and a Utah. No. Or no. an Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, no, I think good signing all around. Big, it's weird to see the Hornets getting a big free agent, even if they did overpay, but that's that's what small market teams do. That's exactly what the Nuggets did when they got built up uh, the first time around. They had to overpay. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, so... We've gone through, I believe, every team, but there's still a few free agents out there that I think is still interesting to see where they're going to end up. Do you want to take me through some of them? Yeah, um, I'll just focus on one guy. I'm very interested to see where Boogie ends up. Um, We saw uh, in day one of free agency a report that there's some interest for Boogie around the league. Um, I'll be interested to see what sort of money he gets. I can't imagine it's more than a minimum. At least for, and I don't think his team will accept more than a one-year deal if it's going to be that. So it'll be a one-year minimum somewhere. I'm imagining. I don't know if it's for a contender. I don't know if contenders want to sort of risk their their chemistry. Yeah, yeah. The, not even. I mean, obviously, there's a long history of Demarcus being disruptive in locker room chemistries, but also just sort of in the way that maybe teams feel obliged to play a guy who's been an all-star and is working his way back from injury. Um, I wonder if teams want that on their roster, a guy that they might feel, you know, sort of obliged to play a decent amount of minutes, especially contenders who a lot of the times have a roster already set that they just add small pieces to. Um, DeMarcus doesn't really feel like a guy that's a small roster addition, no matter how many injuries he's had. Yeah. Um, I also don't see him on any sort of rebuilding teams because one, I don't think he wants to go there. And two, a lot of the rebuilding teams have young guys that they sort of want to develop correctly. And I don't think a lot of teams view DeMarcus as a veteran that they can have around young guys. No. Um, no, no at all. So I'm not sure how big the market is for DeMarcus. Um, I don't think he gets I, a very good deal, but no. I'd be interested to see where he goes. I see him on the Lakers, weirdly. Like, even if they don't have cap room, it doesn't matter if he's on a minimum contract. That's where he was going to be last season. I mean, he was obviously injured. He was going to be there. He clearly gets along with Anthony Davis. If anyone can keep him, keep him in line, it's LeBron. I think the Lakers makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think it does too. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he goes back there. Um, I think he's. I think that's definitely in play. I think maybe the Lakers see what else they can do. I think they've used up most of their cap, haven't they? They're just waiting for AD to resign now. Yeah, um, but I, again, I don't, I don't know if they can... Uh, minimums, obviously, but um, I don't know if they can add anyone or if there's anyone. They might be in play for Gasol, who's also on the market. I do, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if I think if it's anywhere, I think you're right. It might be the Lakers, but if not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where he ends up. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't tell you really. I, I think it... I think it'll be the Lakers, maybe the Clippers also come to mind. I think it'll just be a big market contending team that's like, yeah, sure, we'll take a flyer on him. It's a minimum contract. Um, yeah, it'll be one of those two, in my opinion, or maybe he ends up on the Knicks. In which case, does that make I've, the Knicks losers? Uh, 
It very well could. <laughs> could, um, could. I also thought about the Knicks. I think maybe they're too smart now to risk uh, mm, Mitchell yeah. Robinson's development. Um, but who, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> who knows with the Knicks? Um, but yeah, no, you mentioned Marcus Holder. He's not the only center still on the market. You've got um, Hassan Whiteside as well. I haven't heard any rumblings for Hassan Whiteside. It's weird because he was pretty good for the Blazers last year. I know you're not hiring him. I think he could be at least a decent role player for some teams. But yeah, it's weird that 35-year-old Marcus Sola is getting a lot more interest than Hassan Whiteside. I don't think it's that weird, but as someone who's seen a lot of Whiteside. But yeah, I understand what you mean. Um, yeah, he had, I think in the playoffs, he had moments. Uh, where yeah. teams maybe you take interest, but um, a lot of the time he's a pretty terrible defender, which is funny to say for a guy that averages like two blocks a game. Yeah, um, and he doesn't give you anything offensively really, uh, except for a, a dunker. Um, I, yeah, yeah, haven't heard anything about where he might end up. Um, don't see a lot of teams really interested in him. Also, kind of in the same way as Boogie, uh, yeah. more so on the locker room side of things though. Um, I'd hate to see him on the Clippers. I'd also hate to see Boogie on the Clippers. I think that locker room would be a nightmare uh, <laughs> yeah. if either of those two guys went to that team, uh, to the Clippers. But um, yeah, I don't know where Whiteside ends up. I, I kind of want to say that he doesn't get a contract, <laughs> honestly. But I, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, but I, I, I doubt that. But I, I'm. I don't want to be don't mean, know. but also fingers know. crossed that he doesn't get a contract. <laughs> okay. I still have yeah. a Heat fans still have a grudge with Whiteside. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I have no idea where he ends up. I have no idea where um Boogie really ends up. Uh obviously Marcus Hall were kind of I think Lakers are the best destination for him. I don't love the Lakers signing, but you know, uh, in terms of a story, I guess it it's kinda nice. But yeah. I think the Clippers you know, are the best destination. I think the Clippers are the best destination for uh for Gasol. Um, he gives them most things Zubach does and he's a playmaker for them, which is important. Um, yep. With yeah, the I, well, and Kawhi. Yeah, I mean, that's getting that Raptors crew back together. Um, I think I think the Ibaka sign, signing even helps helps their chances of getting him. Um, yeah, I think that's his best, the best place. If not yet, yeah, the Lakers uh, seem pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't tell you exactly where. I mean, we might get that news right after this podcast drops. Um, <laughs> unlike I'm checking with, right now just in case he has gone somewhere. Yeah, unlike with trades and stuff, I won't be editing anything onto this episode <laughs> if, if it does come up or I won't promise to do anything. Um, I'm not seeing anything for him on Twitter, at least. No. No, I mean, weird time zone adjustments. I think it's very much sleep time for, what? <laughs> for a lot of guys over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the only other kind of really intriguing free agents to me are um, Bogdan uh, Bogdanovich, who, which is, it's weird that we still haven't found out where he's going after that whole Bucks debacle. And then Andre Robeson's also an interesting guy. Um, he was, he kind of returned to form being a really good defender. Like, he, he's just a very strong wing defender. I think a lot of contending teams would like to have an Andre Robeson kind of guy if he could stay healthy and if he could just you know, actually fulfill his role, which is questionable. Yeah, obviously the problem is the shooting with him, but you know, he's talked a lot about how he's made strides with that uh, during his recovery from those uh, knee injuries. Um, and yeah, obviously an awesome wing defender. That's what he got his original contract for. Um, yeah. 
I'd love to see him on the Heat. Uh, I think he feels that. He could fit. Yeah, be a good fit. Fits that Jay Crowder role. Also kind of yeah. that uh, Derek Jones jun- uh, Jr. role. Um, in a way, as sort of a guy who could just, you could just mix it up with him. Uh, run some weird stuff because he's not a shooter. So you're going to have to get creative when he's out there. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know if he's got a real market or anything like that. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, at Bogey too, I don't have a clue where he ends up now. No I, idea. I don't know who's interested in him. Um, I think I've seen reports, but I actually I can't remember where, what teams were interested. Um, I maybe I do you think the league lets Milwaukee have another run at it? <laughs> no, and I don't think he'd want to at this point. Um, if anything, I think he says, but the Kings now. I I know they have been willing to trade him, but then again, so were the Bucks in terms of like Dante Divincenzo and all that sort of stuff in the original trade package. Um, yeah. so yeah, I I couldn't really tell you. Uh, where he's going to end up, just it'll it'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, other than that, there's not a whole lot of really intriguing free agents left. I mean, it depends how interested you are in guys like Reggie Jackson or like Austin Rivers, but I I don't care enough. I think they'll get contracts somewhere, anyway. Yeah, they'll get minimum somewhere. I feel like Austin Rivers is worth more than a minimum. Maybe that's just weird. For me, maybe I've I've been skewed by Doc really liking his <laughs> Surprise, surprise! Yeah, that was yeah. There was a uh, uh, a narrative for a while that he might go to Philly and uh, yeah. get back with Doc, but um, I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. Just with the moves they've made. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's just about everything. Did you have anything else you want to say on anything we've seen in the first couple of days of free agency? Um, bags have been dropped. I mean, bags. That's. That's pretty much all I've... That sums it up, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, before I wrap things up, I, I just do want to say, if you guys remember that episode we did a couple of weeks ago where I did a bit of a scientific study to the GOAT, we've got something similar to that coming up probably in the next week or so. Depends on... I mean, it's all it's all written. All the data's done. I've, I've got everything written up. It's just about finding time to record it. But yeah, so look forward to that. Um, other than that... Uh, if you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a like on YouTube. Check us out on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating or review. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at StatStuffers or on Instagram at Stat underscore Stuffers. You can email us at StatStuffers5 at gmail.com. Other than that, thank you for joining us. Peace. <laughs>